Section two of Protagoras by Plato, translated by Benjamin Joet. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kevin Johnson. Protagoras. Persons of the dialogue. Socrates, who is the narrator of the dialogue, to his companion. Hippocrates, Alcibiades, and Critias. Protagoras, Hippias, and Prodicus, Sophists, Callias, a wealthy Athenian. Scene, the house of Callias. Companion, where do you come from, Socrates? And yet I need hardly ask the question, for I know that you have been in chase of the fair Alcibiades. I saw him the day before yesterday, and he had got a beard like a man, and he is a man, as I may tell you in your ear but I thought that he was still very charming. Socrates, what of his beard? Are you not of Homer's opinion, who says, Youth is most charming when the beard first appears, and that is now the charm of Alcibiades. Companion, well, and how do matters proceed? Have you been visiting him, and was he gracious to you? Socrates, yes, I thought that he was very gracious, and especially today, for I have just come from him, and he has been helping me in an argument. But shall I tell you a strange thing? I paid no attention to him, and several times I quite forgot that he was present. Companion, what is the meaning of this? Has anything happened between you and him? For surely you cannot have discovered a fairer love than he is, certainly not in this city of Athens. Socrates, yes, much fairer. Companion, what do you mean, a citizen or a foreigner? Socrates, a foreigner. Companion, of what country? Socrates, of Abdera. Companion, and is this stranger really, in your opinion, a fairer love than the son of Cleinias? Socrates, and is not the wiser always the fairer? sweet friend companion but have you really met socrates with some wise one socrates say rather with the wisest of all living men if you are willing to accord that title to protagoras companion what is protagoras in athens socrates yes he has been here two days companion and do you just come from an interview with him Socrates, yes, and I have heard and said many things. Companion, then, if you have no engagement, suppose that you sit down and tell me what passed, and my attendant here shall give up his place to you. Socrates, to be sure, and I shall be grateful to you for listening. Companion, thank you too for telling us. Socrates, that is, thank you twice over. Listen then. Last night, or rather, very early this morning, Hippocrates, the son of Apollodorus, and the brother of Phazon, gave a tremendous thump with his staff at my door. Someone opened to him, and he came rushing in and bawled out, Socrates, are you awake or asleep? I knew his voice, and said, Hippocrates, is that you? And do you bring any news? Good news, he said, nothing but good. 
Delightful, I said. But what is the news, and why have you come hither at this unearthly hour? He drew nearer to me and said, Protagoras is come. Yes, I replied. He came two days ago. Have you only just heard of his arrival? Yes, by the gods, he said, but not until yesterday evening. At the same time he felt for the truckle bed and sat down at my feet, and then he said, Yesterday, quite late in the evening, on my return from Oanoe, whither I had gone in pursuit of my runaway slave, Satyrus, as I meant to have told you, if some other matter had not come in the way, on my return, when we had done supper and were about to retire to rest, my brother said to me, Protagoras is come. I was going to you at once, and then I thought that the night was far spent, but the moment sleep left me after my fatigue, I got up and came hither direct. I, who knew the very courageous madness of the man, said, What is the matter? Has Protagoras robbed you of anything? He replied laughing, Yes, indeed he has, Socrates, of the wisdom which he keeps from me. But surely, I said, if you give him money and make friends with him, he will make you as wise as he is himself. Would to heaven, he replied, that this were the case. He might take all that I have, and all that my friends have, if he pleased. But that is why I have come to you now, in order that you may speak to him on my behalf. For I am young, and also I have never seen nor heard him. When he visited Athens before, I was but a child. And all men praise him, Socrates. He is reputed to be the most accomplished of speakers. There is no reason why we should not go to him at once, and then we shall find him at home. He lodges, as I hear, with Callias, the son of Hipponicus. Let us start. I replied, Not yet, my good friend. The hour is too early. But let us rise and take a turn in the court, and wait about there until daybreak. When the day breaks, then we will go, for Protagoras is generally at home, and we shall be sure to find him, never fear. Upon this we got up and walked about in the court, and I thought that I would make trial of the strength of his resolution. So I examined him and put questions to him. Tell me, Hippocrates, I said, as you are going to Protagoras, and will be paying your money to him, what is he to whom you are going? and what will he make of you? If, for example, you had thought of going to Hippocrates of Cos, the Asclepiad, and were about to give him your money, and someone had said to you, you are paying money to your namesake, Hippocrates. O Hippocrates, tell me, what is he that you give him money? How would you have answered? I should say, he replied, that I give money to him as a physician. And what will he make of you? A physician, he said. And if you were resolved to go to Polycletus, the Argive, or Phidias, the Athenian, and were intending to give them money, and someone had asked you, What are Polycletus and Phidias, and why do you give them this money? How would you have answered? I should have answered that they were statuaries. And what will they make of you? A statuary, of course. Well now, I said, you and I are going to Protagoras. 
and we are ready to pay him money on your behalf if our own means are sufficient and we can gain him with these we shall be only too glad but if not then we are to spend the money of your friends as well now suppose that while we are thus enthusiastically pursuing our object some one were to say to us tell me socrates and you hippocrates what is protagoras and why are you going to pay him money how should we answer i know that phidias is a sculptor and that homer is a poet but what appellation is given to protagoras how is he designated they call him a sophist socrates he replied then we are going to pay our money to him in the character of a sophist certainly but suppose a person were to ask this further question and how about yourself what will protagoras make of you if you go to see him he answered with a blush upon his face for the day was just beginning to dawn so that i could see him unless this differs in some way from the former instances i suppose that he will make a sophist of me by the gods i said and are you not ashamed at having to appear before the hellenes in the character of a sophist indeed socrates to confess the truth i am but you should not assume hippocrates that the instruction of protagoras is of this nature may you not learn of him in the same way that you learn the arts of the grammarian or musician or trainer not with the view of making any of them a profession but only as a part of education and because a private gentleman and free man ought to know them just so he said and that in my opinion is a far truer account of the teaching of protagoras i said i wonder whether you know what you are doing and what am i doing you are going to commit your soul to the care of a man whom you call a sophist and yet i hardly think that you know what a sophist is and if not then you do not even know to whom you are committing your soul and whether the thing to which you commit yourself be good or evil i certainly think that i do know he replied then tell me what do you imagine that he is i take him to be one who knows wise things he replied as his name implies and might you not i said affirm this of the painter and of the carpenter also do not they too know wise things but suppose a person were to ask us in what are the painters wise we should answer in what relates to the making of likenesses and similarly of other things and if he were further to ask what is the wisdom of the sophist and what is the manufacture over which he presides how should we answer him how should we answer him socrates what other answer could there be but that he presides over the art which makes men eloquent yes i replied that is very likely true but not enough for in the answer a further question is involved of what does the sophist make a man talk eloquently the player on the lyre may be supposed to make a man talk eloquently about that which he makes him understand that is about playing the lyre is not that true yes then about what 
does the sophist make him eloquent must not he make him eloquent in that which he understands yes that may be assumed and what is that which the sophist knows and makes his disciple know indeed he said i cannot tell then i proceeded to say well but are you aware of the danger which you are incurring if you were going to commit your body to someone who might do good or harm to it would you not carefully consider and ask the opinion of your friends and kindred and deliberate many days as to whether you should give him the care of your body but when the soul is in question which you hold to be of far more value than the body and upon the good or evil of which depends the well-being of your all about this you never consulted either with your father or with your brother or with any one of us who are your companions but no sooner does this foreigner appear then you instantly commit your soul to his keeping in the evening as you say you hear of him and in the morning you go to him never deliberating or taking the opinion of any one as to whether you ought to entrust yourself to him or not you have quite made up your mind that you will at all hazards be a pupil of protagoras and are prepared to expend all the property of yourself and of your friends in carrying out at any price this determination although as you admit you do not know him and have never spoken with him and you call him a sophist but are manifestly ignorant of what a sophist is and yet you are going to commit yourself to his keeping when he heard me say this he replied no other inference socrates can be drawn from your words i proceeded is not a sophist hippocrates one who deals wholesale or retail in the food of the soul to me that appears to be his nature and what socrates is the food of the soul surely i said knowledge is the food of the soul and we must take care my friend that the sophist does not deceive us when he praises what he sells like the dealers wholesale or retail who sell the food of the body for they praise indiscriminately all their goods without knowing what are really beneficial or hurtful neither do their customers know with the exception of any trainer or physician who may happen to buy of them in like manner those who carry about the wares of knowledge and make the round of the cities and sell or retail them to any customer who is in want of them praise them all alike though i should not wonder o my friend if many of them were really ignorant of their effect upon the soul and their customers equally ignorant unless he who buys of them happens to be a physician of the soul if therefore you have understanding of what is good and evil you may safely buy knowledge of protagoras or of any one but if not then o oh my friend pause and do not hazard your dearest interests at a game of chance for there is far greater peril in buying knowledge than in buying meat and drink the one you purchase of the wholesale or retail dealer and carry them away in other vessels and before you receive them into the body as food you may deposit them at home and call in any experienced friend 
who knows what is good to be eaten or drunken, and what not, and how much, and when. And then the danger of purchasing them is not so great, but you cannot buy the wares of knowledge and carry them away in another vessel. When you have paid for them, you must receive them into the soul and go your way, either greatly harmed or greatly benefited, and therefore we should deliberate and take counsel with our elders, for we are still young, too young to determine such a matter. And now let us go, as we were intending, and hear Protagoras. And when we have heard what he has to say, we may take counsel of others. For not only is Protagoras at the house of Callias, but there is Hippias of Elis, and, if I am not mistaken, Prodicus of Chios, and several other wise men. To this we agreed, and proceeded on our way until we reached the vestibule of the house, and there we stopped in order to conclude a discussion which had arisen between us as we were going along, and we stood talking in the vestibule until we had finished and come to an understanding. And I think that the doorkeeper, who was a eunuch, and who was probably annoyed at the great inroad of the sophists, must have heard us talking. At any rate, when we knocked at the door, and he opened and saw us, he grumbled, They are sophists. He is not at home, and instantly gave the door a hearty bang with both his hands. Again we knocked, and he answered without opening, Did you not hear me say that he is not at home, fellows? But, my friend, I said, you need not be alarmed, for we are not sophists, and we are not come to see Callias but we want to see Protagoras, and I must request you to announce us. At last, after a good deal of difficulty, the man was persuaded to open the door. When we entered we found Protagoras taking a walk in the cloister, and next to him, on one side, were walking Callias, the son of Hipponicus, and Perilus, the son of Pericles, who, by the mother's side, is his half-brother and Carmides, the son of Glaucon. On the other side of him were Xanthippus, the other son of Pericles, Philippides, the son of Philomelus, also Antimoirus of Mende, who of all the disciples of Protagoras is the most famous, and intends to make sophistry his profession. A train of listeners followed him. The greater part of them appeared to be foreigners, whom Protagoras had brought with him out of the various cities visited by him in his journeys, he, like Orpheus, attracting them with his voice, and they following. Parentheses, compare Republic. End of parentheses. I should mention also that there were some Athenians in the company. Nothing delighted me more than the precision of their movements. They never got into his way at all. But when he and those who were with him turned back, then the band of listeners parted regularly on either side. He was always in front, and they wheeled round and took their places behind him in perfect order. After him, as Homer says, parentheses, Odyssey, end of parentheses, I lifted up my eyes and saw Hippias the Elean sitting in the opposite cloister on a chair of state 
and around him were seated on benches eryximachus the son of acumenus and phaedrus the Myronusian, and andron the son of andration and there were strangers whom he had brought with him from his native city of elis and some others they were putting to hippias certain physical and astronomical questions and he ex cathedra was determining their several questions to them and discoursing of them also my eyes beheld tantalus parentheses, odyssey end of parentheses. for prodicus the chian was at athens he had been lodged in a room which in the days of hipponicus was a storehouse but as the house was full Callias had cleared this out and made the room into a guest chamber now prodicus was still in bed wrapped up in sheepskins and bedclothes of which there seemed to be a great heap and there was sitting by him on the couches near pausanias of the deem of Keramias, and with pausanias was a youth quite young who is certainly remarkable for his good looks and if i am not mistaken is also of a fair and gentle nature i thought that i heard him called agathon and my suspicion is that he is the beloved of pausanias there was this youth and also there were the two adimantuses one the son of kepis and the other of leuclophides and some others i was very anxious to hear what prodicus was saying for he seems to me to be an all-wise and inspired man but i was not able to get into the inner circle and his fine deep voice made an echo in the room which rendered his words inaudible no sooner had we entered than there followed us alcibiades the beautiful as you say and i believe you and also critias the son of calistris on entering we stopped a little in order to look about us and then walked up to protagoras and i said protagoras my friend hippocrates and i have come to see you do you wish he said to speak with me alone or in the presence of the company whichever you please i said you shall determine when you have heard the purpose of our visit and what is your purpose he said i must explain i said that my friend hippocrates is a native athenian he is the son of apollodorus and of a great and prosperous house and he is himself in natural ability quite a match for anybody of his own age i believe that he aspires to political eminence and this he thinks that conversation with you is most likely to procure for him and now you can determine whether you would wish to speak to him of your teaching alone or in the presence of the company thank you socrates for your consideration of me for certainly a stranger finding his way into great cities and persuading the flower of the youth in them to leave company of their kinsmen or any other acquaintances old or young and live with him under the idea that they will be improved by his conversation ought to be very cautious great jealousies are aroused by his proceedings and he is the subject of many enmities and conspiracies now the art of the sophist is as i believe of great antiquity but in ancient times those who practised it fearing this odium veiled and disguised themselves under various names some under that of poets as homer 
Hesiod, and Simonides, some of Hierophants and Prophets, as Orpheus and Musaeus, and some, as I observe, even under the name of gymnastic masters, like Icus of Tarentum, or the more recently celebrated Herodicus, now of Silimbria, and formerly of Megara, who is a first-rate sophist, your own Agathocles, pretended to be a musician, but was really an eminent sophist, also Pythocleides the Chian, and there were many others, and all of them, as I was saying, adopted these arts as veils or disguises, because they were afraid of the odium which they would incur. But that is not my way, for I do not believe that they effected their purpose, which was to deceive the government who were not blinded by them. And as to the people, they have no understanding, and only repeat what their rulers are pleased to tell them. Now to run away, and to be caught in running away, is the very height of folly, and also greatly increases the exasperation of mankind, for they regard him who runs away as a rogue, in addition to any other objections which they have to him. And therefore I take an entirely opposite course, and acknowledge myself to be a sophist and instructor of mankind. Such an open acknowledgment appears to me to be a better sort of caution than concealment, nor do I neglect other precautions, and therefore I hope, as I may say, by the favour of heaven, that no harm will come of the acknowledgment that I am a sophist. And I have been now many years in the profession, for all my years when added up are many. There is no one here present of whom I might not be the father, wherefore I should much prefer conversing with you, if you want to speak with me, in the presence of the company. As I suspected that he would like to have a little display and glorification in the presence of Prodicus and Hippias, and would gladly show us to them in the light of his admirers, I said, but why should we not summon Prodicus and Hippias and their friends to hear us? Very good, he said. Suppose, said Callias, that we hold a council in which you may sit and discuss. This was agreed upon, and great delight was felt at the prospect of hearing wise men talk. We ourselves took the chairs and benches, and arranged them by Hippias, where the other benches had been already placed. Meanwhile, Callias and Alcibiades got Prodicus out of bed, and brought in him and his companions. When we were all seated, Protagoras said, Now that the company are assembled, Socrates, tell me about the young man of whom you were just now speaking. I replied, I will begin again at the same point, Protagoras, and tell you once more the purport of my visit. This is my friend Hippocrates, who is desirous of making your acquaintance. He would like to know what will happen to him if he associates with you. I have no more to say. Protagoras answered, Young man, if you associate with me on the very first day, you will return home a better man than you came, and better on the second day than on the first, and better every day than you were on the day before. When I heard this, I said, Protagoras, I do not at all wonder at hearing you say this, even at your age, and with all your wisdom, 
if any one were to teach you what you did not know before you would become better no doubt but please to answer in a different way i will explain how by an example let me suppose that hippocrates instead of desiring your acquaintance wished to become acquainted with the young man zeuxippus of heraclea who has lately been in athens and he had come to him as he has come to you and had heard him say as he has heard you say that every day he would grow and become better if he associated with him and then suppose that he were to ask him in what shall i become better and in what shall i grow zeuxippus would answer in painting and suppose that he went to orthagoras the theban and heard him say the same thing and asked him in what shall i become better day by day he would reply in flute playing now i want you to make the same sort of answer to this young man and to me who am asking questions on his account when you say that on the first day on which he associates with you he will return home a better man and on every day will grow in like manner in what protagoras will he be better and about what when protagoras heard me say this he replied you ask questions fairly and i like to answer a question which is fairly put if hippocrates comes to me he will not experience the sort of drudgery with which other sophists are in the habit of insulting their pupils who when they have just escaped from the arts are taken and driven back into them by these teachers and made to learn calculation and astronomy and geometry and music he gave a look at hippias as he said this but if he comes to me he will learn that which he comes to learn and this is prudence in affairs private as well as public he will learn to order his own house in the best manner and he will be able to speak and act for the best in the affairs of the state do i understand you i said and is your meaning that you teach the art of politics and that you promise to make men good citizens that socrates is exactly the profession which i make then i said you do indeed possess a noble art if there is no mistake about this for i will freely confess to you protagoras that i have a doubt whether this art is capable of being taught and yet i know not how to disbelieve your assertion and i ought to tell you why i am of opinion that this art cannot be taught or communicated by man to man i say that the athenians are an understanding people and indeed they are esteemed to be such by the other hellenes now i observe that when we are met together in the assembly and the matter in hand relates to building the builders are summoned as advisers when the question is one of shipbuilding then the shipwrights and the like of other arts which they think capable of being taught and learned and if some person offers to give them advice who is not supposed by them to have any skill in the art even though he be good-looking and rich and noble they will not listen to him but laugh and hoot at him until either he is clamoured down and retires of himself or if he persists he is dragged away or put out by the constables at the command of the pritanes 
this is their way of behaving about professors of the arts but when the question is an affair of state then everybody is free to have a say carpenter tinker cobbler sailor passenger rich and poor high and low any one who likes gets up and no one reproaches him as in the former case with not having learned and having no teacher and yet giving advice evidently because they are under the impression that this sort of knowledge cannot be taught and not only is this true of the state but of individuals the best and wisest of our citizens are unable to impart their political wisdom to others as for example pericles the father of these young men who gave them excellent instruction in all that could be learned from masters in his own department of politics neither taught them nor gave them teachers but they were allowed to wander at their own free will in a sort of hope that they would light upon virtue of their own accord or take another example there was cleinias the younger brother of our friend alcibiades of whom this very same pericles was the guardian and he being in fact under the apprehension that cleinias would be corrupted by alcibiades took him away and placed him in the house of eriphron to be educated but before six months had elapsed eriphron sent him back not knowing what to do with him and i could mention numberless other instances of persons who were good themselves and never yet made any one else good whether friend or stranger now i protagoras having these examples before me am inclined to think that virtue cannot be taught but then again when i listen to your words i waver and am disposed to think that there must be something in what you say because i know that you have great experience and learning and invention and i wish that you would if possible show me a little more clearly that virtue can be taught will you be so good that i will socrates and gladly but what would you like shall i as an elder speak to you as younger men in an apologue or myth or shall i argue out the question to this several of the company answered that he should choose for himself end of part two recording by kevin johnson